Hi everyone, welcome to episode one of Country Soul with Jamie and Jay. We are your hosts, Jamie Santilli and Jay Santilli. And we are here to, I guess, talk about something we love dearly, which is country music. This podcast is one that I started a little while ago, but then it kind of came to a halt because myself and my old co-host Tasha Moroso got really busy with life. But here we are again with my wife now. Yay! <laughs> she is very excited, uber excited <laughs> to be on this. Um, and look, Country Soul is just a podcast where we are going to look to connect with people in the industry of all, you know, kind of parts of that industry as well. Bookers, agents, artists. Musicians. Uh, yep. Singer-songwriters. Super fans. Yep. Whatever you might be or what you might do in the industry, if you love it and it is a part of your day-to-day, uh, we want to talk to you pretty much. And I think that's uh, you know something we'll cover off in this intro episode is a little bit of what we love about the industry um, and just little bits about ourselves and, uh, yeah, who we are. So we'll kick off with, I guess, Jay, why, do you, why did you have an interest other than me? Pretty much forcing you to do this uh, in being on the podcast. Well, I mean, I was a, I guess, a part of the last uh, time that you did it with Tasha and doing the audio behind the scenes, and I really loved getting to meet the people on the show and and hearing their stories and and all of that. So I guess, um, in a way, I'd love to be a part of round two and and hear those experiences from other people and, and yeah, just build a community around it. Just create a bit of a safe space for people to come on the show and and have a chat to us about why they love country music yeah, and what it's done for them, I guess. I mean, that's completely fair. I think last time it was really cool. We had, um, who did we get to? We got to Weeping Willows. We had Andrew Swift, Emily Haddon, Jake Gibson come through. Had uh, Megan Hopkins, who at the time was uh, a country music super fan, and now she works for Kicks FM, and Steph Herbert come on, who was another fan and does a lot of photography and things like that. Um, and, yeah, it was cool. And we were building a bit of a little community there, and it was not only the on-air, like, chats that were cool, it was the off-air, you know, grabbing a coffee beforehand or a drink with them beforehand and everything like that. I mean, that's what I enjoyed. Just getting to know them on a personal level, which is yeah. really nice. Yeah. yeah, I think it was cool. And I think like our, our point of difference is we're a little more casual. Uh, we want people that come on to be able to talk probably more freely than they feel that they can on other yeah. um, interview formats and things like that. I mean, that's the beauty of podcasting. You're not really restricted by anyone. You talk how you want, when you want kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I think like, you know, we've spoken to a few people and lined up a few really cool guests um, who will be revealed as they come on. Um, and I'm pretty excited by that. Yeah. And especially having Jay on who has the uh, hands-on industry experience as a musician herself. Um, I think that's going to be really cool and add another dimension. Yeah. yeah. I think that's exciting. I'm really excited. Yeah. So I know Jay has been busily writing notes uh, <laughs> to quickly, prep herself. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk the paint off a wall. Um, so... I don't tend to write notes, but it can be a curse sometimes. But Jay, what do you got for me? You got any questions to get us cracking? I mean, it's been a while since you've been in the music industry mm-hmm. and, and in the scene a little bit. So f- I guess if people didn't know already, you have been involved in booking musicians and mm-hmm. in the country scene, not even just the country scene, but in general. Yep. And so I guess, do you, obviously, I know the answer already, but do you miss booking? Uh, yeah, from time to time, I think. I have days where I definitely don't. It's <laughs> it's for those uh, that aren't in the industry 
probably can't resonate with the fact that I think no matter what level of the industry it is, it's it's erratic, it's inconsistent. Uh, you need to force momentum sometimes to book and shows you think that are going to pay off uh, don't. It's a big and, risk. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think the shows that sometimes uh, there's a lot of surprises. You get shows that you put on you're like, I don't know if anyone's going to show up to this and next thing you know you have a full room. I mean, for me it was only a few years that I was in it but I got to deal with some really cool people and meet a lot of cool people and have some really cool people, especially in country music, play the room I was booking, which was the Revolver Bandroom. Um, which is know. one of my favourite venues in Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, it's an awesome Hands venue. It's yeah. it's a great size. It's got great sound. It's old, dingy, and uh, has no lighting, but it's brilliant. <laughs> it's just an awesome room. It's. I mean, the stickier the floor, the better the room is. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, and the funny thing about it is, I mean, for those of you that know Revolver, it's notoriously known as a nightclub. It has one of the longer liquor licenses uh, in Australia. And by that, I mean it opens on a Thursday and closes on a Monday and has a liquor license that runs that entire period. Um, But I mean, that front room, like I had a few nights that were sponsored by Budweiser and things like that. And it probably resembled a honky tonk more than some places do that try to resemble honky tonks. I think with like every show that you put on, like every country show you put on, they sold more Bundy than they ever had yeah. in their entire existence. Yeah, that's fact. <laughs> the, the first um, country show we put on, like big country show, which was one of the city bound lineups. Um, yeah, they literally had to do a Dan Murphy's run because they <laughs> ran out of Bundy halfway through the show and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> and it was hilarious but yeah i mean like you know it was really cool uh had some great acts come through uh which is you know where i got to know the scene even better mm-hmm. like morgan evans jasmine ray dozzy at the time um kaylin's rain travis <laughs> collins wolf brothers i had a lot of acts come through oh, and that you know so moments when i get asked that i think about that and they were great they were all awesome i never had a bad experience with any of the acts uh sometimes i wish there was more people in the room for them yeah. but uh, you know, they took a punt on a city venue and that I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it paid off, you know. Um, I think like, you know, there was a Morgan Evans tour where he by far sold well, sold out the Revolver Band Room and then there wasn't a great turnout at a regional stop for him. Yeah. So go figure. And that was a time where, you know, regional venues were where country bands were drawn to. because like the, the Helen Pub. Like yeah, Helen Pub and, you know, out in Morwell and Moe and stuff like that. Like, yeah. But, yeah, but I think that was, yeah, definitely a time I somewhat miss. Who was like, who was your favorite artist that you booked? Hmm. Is me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you still book me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Um, favorite artist I booked? Gosh, I don't know. There was so many. I reckon like it depends like uh, outside of country music. I booked a band that was starting out at the time called The Sand Dollars and they were cool. They are like a funky like alt rocky kind of mm. 70s 80s kind of throwback rock band and they were really rad and they you know i think i had some proud moments with them we did like an adelaide road trip sold out the toff in town to like 280 payers we got through the door for them um that was really cool for one of their launches uh country music wise i mean i just reeled off a whole bunch of names i name dropped the hell out of that <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> a lot of them were really cool um i think one of the ones First time round was a rocky start, and if he ever listens to this, it's the truth. But Wes Carr, or Wesley Dean as he's known now, honestly, second time round that I had him play, 
I think I really enjoyed talking to him yeah. and just hearing more. And for context, for those that are listening, he was on Australian Idol. If you didn't know that already, uh, did very well. Did he win? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he was a runner-up. But he just talks about that time and he was quite open with me about that and how he's just reinvented himself. And he's doing some really cool stuff now. He lives in Nashville. Uh, Wesley Dean is what he goes by. And it's rad. It's like uh, dirt country. Like it's awesome. It's such a vibe. I like really love everything about what he's doing at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, that from if you looked him up on his old Australian Idol stuff and what they had him doing, uh, we'll say, uh, it is very different. Um, for the better. So, yeah, it was cool. Uh, and Morgan Evans. I think that was a good one for me. Uh, back-to-back sold-out shows at Revolver. Both yeah. times I had him down. Uh, he was awesome. Um, he was such a really nice, genuine guy as well. Yeah. Like, you were going through a bit of a personal thing at, at that time and he was always yeah, checking yeah. in. Yeah, my health wasn't great. And, like, yeah, he would ask and check in, yeah. which I, yeah, I think is awesome. It says a lot about a person. Yeah, for sure. And his band was great. And they were lovely as well. And I used to enjoy that too. I used to do a thing where I would uh, try my most, uh, the hardest to have dinner with the bands beforehand. I'd arrange that at the venue because there's also a Thai restaurant there. And if that was their thing. The best Thai restaurant. Yeah, it is honestly one of the best Thai restaurants. Shout out to Colonel Tans. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I'd organize dinner with the bands and get Mm -hmm. to know them. And I think that's what kind of made me a bit of a point of difference. I would was very hands-on in that way. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, that was a really long answer to that question. <laughs> That's okay. But yes, I really didn't. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Do I miss it? Yeah, some days. Some days. Yep. It was a a hard slog at times though. I, yeah, for I sure. remember seeing how stressed that you would be sometimes just trying to get things over the line. And it, it is a big risk at the end of the day. Even when I'm booking my own shows and, and trying to do it interstate or whatnot, you, you can't really, I guess, predict how many people are going to buy tickets and at the, the at the end of the day, it's it's an expense that we've got to put out as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that was the thing. I don't think a lot of the artists understood that. Yeah, look, the venue, uh, I, I speak honestly, they backed a lot and they did put a lot of their money into some of the shows I put on. But then sometimes there would be gaps that I would have to cover. Yeah. You know, so. I don't think a lot of people realize that either. No. And I think that's probably the first time I've openly said it. But yeah. people don't know that, that like if there was a guarantee, I – Worked a lot on guarantees because I knew that that's what country music bands wanted. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they're... And for people that don't know what a guarantee is... like It's it's a set fee. So you, it doesn't matter if five people rock up. If a band's been promised $3,000, they're getting $3,000 in yeah. their account. And, you know, like there'd be times where we'll use 3000 as an amount. There would be 50 people rock up yeah. plus what the venue put on and that might cover... 2000 Yeah. And you know who pays the other 1000 Me. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I would do it. And, you know, and, and that was part of it, um, yeah. just to try and get the wins. So, you know what, it was, I think music booking to me when I reflect on it was a more tangible version of gambling at times. <laughs> like it was, yeah. You're right though. <laughs> it You're was, very right. It was gambling. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a gambler, but when I was a music booker, I was. Um, when you really want something to work so badly as country music in CBD Melbourne, it's one of those things you've got to yeah. take a risk on. And yeah. it did work at times. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the wins, I think, like it's the same with gambling, right? And that's why I can like let's refer it to it as that because yeah. 
the big shows that were hits and and did come out good, yeah. then I I would be like, oh fuck, I want to do this again, yeah. And then I'd get another band coming down who I thought would be a sure thing, and there'd be fucking no one there, and it was crushing for me, you know. And I don't think bands appreciate that sometimes. I wasn't just another booker that was like, oh, you know, my room's empty, boo boo boo. Like I was, yeah. Um, I was upset for them. Yeah. Like I I really wanted the room to be full as possible for a lot of these acts, so. I got pretty invested in that, yeah. you know. Um, sometimes I drop ticket prices. I do free shows just to try and make sure that room was packed for them. But, yeah, it was all part of the game, really. Do you think that, like, if you were to have done it now rather than, how was it, 10 years ago maybe? Yeah. That it would work ago. better now than it did then? Uh, I think social media is definitely stronger now. Yeah. Then it was still at its infancy. You kind of relied on Facebook events and… Word of mouth. Yeah, a lot of word of mouth. Um, you had to do like street press and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was harder to get the word out for a show. But um, yeah, I think now it would work better. Would the numbers be there? I think country music is stronger now. Yeah, for sure. Like I think if, um, yeah, I think it could it could definitely work better. Um, but people would also need to be more understanding. I don't think the guarantees, I, I would really think about them. Yeah. Um, and, and see how it goes. Uh, probably, I'd probably do split split yeah. bills, which is like, you know, you'd get a set guarantee, but then if you sold X amount of tickets, it would top it up. Yeah. So I think that would be the way to go for a venue like that now. And yeah, but I don't know. I'm time poor. <laughs> I can't do it. I've helped you with a couple of these tour runs with Tyler Rodriguez and Nathan Lamborn, and they've been really fun. Yeah. But I'd like... Yeah, even their time consuming. Get PTSD to from it. Yeah, a little bit. It's stressful, you know. Like yeah. every time you come home from one of those gigs, because, you know, I'm obviously at home with the kids. Um, we have two kids, by the way. We're twin girls who are amazing and take up a lot of our time. Um, but they're the best thing ever. Uh, you know, when you get home, I'm always like, how's the crowd? You got any pictures? What was it like? Were they good? Were they bad? Were they receptive? Like yeah. I'm, I'm sitting at home almost stressed, wondering if there's 10, if there's 100 people, if it was worth Tyler's time flying down from Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things that go through my consciousness with that gig. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of just helping. It's not even like a my tour. Yeah. Um, You know, but yeah. But I think like that's, that's a, we'll segue back across into like Country Soul was something that, I think I developed with Tasha at the time because I do enjoy the connection part of it and that's why we've circled back to it because I miss that a lot. Yeah. Um, I am that kind of weird husband to the side now because I'm not involved in the industry who talks to the musicians that you talk to and they're probably like, is this guy for real? What's he doing <laughs> at the side of the stage? It was but, this crazy yeah, super fan. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's what I seem like now. So I think by doing this, it makes me more legitimate and now I have a reason to talk to them and they won't think I'm as crazy, which is nice. But uh, yeah, I miss I miss it a bit. Uh, so I guess this is a good way back into it. But, you know, I managed bands as well as booked them. I think at the height of Roots of Music, which was my mm. little agency, I had like 13 bands that I helped with, uh, you know, everything from tour runs to day-to-day advice and management. I think I had the lowest percentage cut of a lot of people I know, but it's just the way I did it. I wanted them to have money in their pockets um, and enjoy it. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, I had some health issues. I had, I did have uh, uh, cancer at the time, uh, which kind of just made my day-to-day harder to do, and uh, it was sad. I had to 
you know, break up essentially with a number of bands and some of those relationships still aren't great now and some they understood and I'm still friends with or keep in touch with. Yeah. Um, some of them are doing awesome things. Some have stopped playing music, which is sad because yeah. I vouch for any of the bands that I ever had on that roster because I thought they were all fucking amazing. You know, I think um, speaking on those that have not continued with music and stuff, like it's one of those things where – I guess if you've got the support behind you and someone helping you, it takes off a lot of the stress, but it's also a very expensive lifestyle to have and it can be very stressful and it can be very mentally draining as well. I know like I've stopped doing it numerous times, but I always come back to it because it's something that I really love to do and it's a way that I connect connect with people and, and I guess give myself therapy and <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand why people do stop it at, like at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you need to make a call, right? Like yeah. it's, it is a lot of money, you know, you will spend a lot more than you make for a long period of time sure. until you have that song go viral or you can sustain sold out venues, um, you know, and high ticket sales. Mm. Like, and, you know, and on a like segue back to a more positive thing, there's people doing that and that's awesome. You know, a friend of ours, Taylor Moss, she's gone out and did her own headline tour and that went really well and she yeah. played some really cool full rooms and you got Brad Cox who's literally, Smashing he can play it. anywhere in Australia at the moment and sell out a venue, which is awesome to see. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got your Casey Barnes, your James Johnsons, like you've got like there's, yeah, there is a lot of acts that are, Selling rooms, yeah. which is good to see again because, uh, you know, Andrew Swift, another good friend of ours, he's doing the same thing. He's, yeah. th- that guy doesn't stop. You know, he gigs a lot and he's playing some good rooms and he's keeping busy, but it's not always the case for everyone. No. And I guess it's really cool to see as well country music coming down this way as well. Like 10 years ago, we had to beg people to come down to Melbourne. What are your thoughts, I guess, on the popularity of that country music has like, it's just growing and growing. Yeah, yeah I guess nuts. thanks to people like. I wish people would cut it out so we could actually <laughs> buy tickets to concerts. That'd be <laughs> fucking amazing. Um, no, it's good though. I think it's good. And I think, uh, you know, I always use him as my reference point because I love him even as a not, not a country artist. But Post Malone, mm. the fact that he's kind of gone, hey, I do popular music, but you know what? I like country music, shows people that you can like country music. And other genres too. It's allowed. It's okay. Yeah. Like Nelly. Nelly was literally, he, he goes to every CMA Awards. Yeah. He does like a couple features every now and again. But this guy's saying hot and her. <laughs> and now he's loving country music because that's where he's from. He's from Alabama. <laughs> like he's a country kid. And yeah. it's like people need to understand that. You know, Diplo yeah. released a country album. Yeah. It's like which is very good, by the way. I think it's got a night in Nashville and it's very awesome. It is very good. Um, and it's like, you know, like, you know, Jesse Murph, we always talk about, sits very much on the fence and it's like you're allowed to, you know. I think uh, people don't understand that enough. There is traditional country music and there's your yeah. Jason Isbells and there's your um, Tyler Childers and stuff like that and that are going around Rustin Kelly's who's, you know, dirt country kind of stuff and, yeah. You know, then your Mel Haggard's going back and all that kind of stuff that are all awesome. Charlie Crock, like I can go on. I feel like as a creative, though, it, it you shouldn't be penalised for wanting to express yourself in a different way. Yeah, so yeah, if you're yeah, a yeah. pop artist and you want to put out a damn country song, 
just, just do it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Because like that's one country song that somebody might connect with and see you as an artist and be like, oh shit, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's like even when I used to have conversations with certain acts that kind of teetered on the, that border, mm. and I'd be like, "Oh, why don't you try country music?" You know, in Australia, I think you'd do really well. Then, be like, "Oh, I don't want to do this." Was I mean, ten years ago as well. Yeah, the people have matured in their thoughts, but oh no, I don't want to get lost in that. And like you know, that's not a scene I want to be in. But it's like at the time you could get some wins as well, yeah. and it was just like I don't know, it's very uh, close-minded. Yeah, you know? but I think. Um, as we continue looking towards, as we always have, but even I think even more now with the way social media is and stuff towards America, it is leaking more and more into our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a very strong like country culture in the way that, you know, we do love four-wheel driving. We yeah. love camping. We love like rodeos are a thing now in Australia. Yeah. Like they're everywhere. And cowboy it's like, culture. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy. Uh, yes, cowboy culture is a thing, right? Like... And, you know, we love dirt bikes. We love all those kind of things. And it's whether we like it or not, we buy into the culture, mm. you know, and uh, I think we just got to give in. But I, I think it's great, like, yeah. going back on that, like your original question, it's like I think I can't wait for Bo Malone to drop a country album. Me either. I think it's going to be a banger. Yeah. Because you know he's going to get the best riders he can possibly get to sit in a room with him. <laughs> And that's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, he'll do it. He'll do it like, like Diplo in that album. Like, it's just like, it's it's what will happen. Mm-hmm. And he's awesome. And every time he's performed at the CMAs, it's amazing. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those songs that he releases on the country album outrank some of his pop-like songs. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I agree. I agree. I, I think as well when he does release this album that – it's going to do the whole um, Morgan Wallen effect and it'll have country music in the pop charts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is, I think it's a cool thing. Yeah. Because it becomes, people become more accepting. It's okay to be to like country music. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like that I don't need to explain country music as much. Yeah. Or people don't go, when I say like, you know, Jay plays country music or I enjoy listening to country music. They're not Ooh. like, oh, so Lee Kernigan, <laughs> Slim Dusty. It's like, and no, no disrespect to those guys. Power to you. Like Aussie Slim, country. But I mean like, at least they go, oh, so like a Luke Combs or something like that or yeah. even like Noah Kahan. It's like, yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> that so broad. country music. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a lot of different iterations of country music. Uh, 100%. So, you know, it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that's why we're doing this podcast. Keep coming back to that. It's yeah. just we want people to open their minds uh, mm-hmm. to it all and, uh, you know, we welcome all kinds of country music. Like um, I think even, yeah, instrumental stuff. If you're a musician, I think if you're a musician, you can appreciate country music. I think so. Because the musicianship is very strong. Yeah. Like, you know, I've got a couple of mates, uh, especially a shout-out to G, who was in hardcore bands. But, you know, Charlie Crockett, it's his jam. He mm-hmm. likes Charlie Crockett. He can appreciate what the guy does. Yeah. His voice is rad. It's like vintage kind of feels to what he does. He's a great musician. Um, and I think like, yeah, that's what people need to understand. It's yeah. not all twangy and it's not all. There is a lot of truck talk and, you know, beers on a hot night and short shorts, but, uh, you know, Daisy Dukes. But there is also a lot of good substance to country music. Storytelling, a lot of storytelling. That's what I love about yeah. country music. Which good segue. Your favorite song on of all time. My favorite song. Uh huh. Um, that is actually quite a difficult one because I love 
I can't make you love me by yep. Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite country songs. Yeah. Some people might uh, argue that it's not a country song. I yep. remember performing it at the Gimpy Muster and a few people were like, oh, that's not really country, but mm. whatever. I did it yep. anyways. I mean, but Adele did sing it, so it's obviously not country <laughs> if Adele not, sung it. No, exactly. But boy, did Adele do it well. Oh, I love Adele. I know. Good voice. Yeah. But that would be, I think, musically and, and lyrically and just emotionally, I think is one of my favourite songs. I mean, apart from like the entire Shania Twain album um, <laughs> or Taylor Swift Fearless. <laughs> Mm. that I, it's one of those, I guess, albums that I look back on in my teen years and it, it's one of those things that I just, yeah, it, it was a big part of my growing up. Yeah. So that's why I like it so much. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's a great song. Yeah. Do you have a favourite country song? Favourite country song? Hmm. I mean, that was my favourite country song. I could tell you like one of my favourite songs. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Give us one of your favourite songs as well. My favourite song... Uh, I mean, I guess for the same reason though as well, growing up, I, or still, I'm still growing up, but um, I love the Sister Act movies and I love the His Eyes on the Sparrow, particularly sung by Lauren Hill. Yeah. That's, um, I love it so much, I got it tattooed on me, but yeah, that's my one song that will always make me cry when I listen to it. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. A lot of songs make me cry, but a lot of things <laughs> make me cry in general. You're such an emotional man. Yeah, I am. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so <laughs> think about that in like, is it, is it a good thing? It um, is. It is. In this it day shows and age, that you care. Yes. And yes. You've got em- a heart. Empathy is a good thing. I think so. Um, I don't know. God, favourite song. God Bless This Mess by Gillian Jacqueline. Yeah. One of my favourite songs of all time, I would say. Lyrically, I like it a lot. It's a lot about the silver linings, like it's uh, pushing through the hard times mm. and looking for the good. I like that once yeah. again so much that I got it tattooed on my body, um, which she acknowledged and I felt really <laughs> cool and I fanboyed a little bit about it. Um, and she shared it, I'd like to say You that. know, I think she's just a real <laughs> genuine person she as is. well. She really, like I I mean, think she's very I mean, underrated. I say that like I know her, but she, yes. <laughs> I think had like... I don't know. I feel like there's more people that should know about about her because her music yeah. is incredible. Yeah, she makes very much music. like a Christina Perry in the country scene. If you yeah. think about it, like lyrically in the way that she tells stories in her songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that she's got some poppier, like little bops. She's like, okay, so if you're a, a a cool hip younger Australian, you'd probably listen to like Greta Ray. I would say that Gillian Jacqueline is like a Greta Ray. Mm. Greta Ray's like a Gillian Jacqueline, however you want to look at that. Yeah. Um, Similarities. There's that and there's, I reckon also um, the story. Mm. You know, I love the story. You got me onto that. Yeah. By Brandy Carlisle. Yeah. And also as sung by Jay Santilli. <laughs> um, I think that song's fucking amazing. And that is one that literally will have me in not just crying. You know, like, like when I first heard that song, I was – in bed watching Grey's Anatomy, the season finale. Yeah, never watched Grey's Anatomy in my life. <laughs> never will. But you know what? I'm going to make you like watch the no, whatever it is, a minute long trailer of the end. You have to, you, you, you won't even like know the backstory of what's happening in the show, but you will cry. It was like heartbreaking. Mm. So heartbreaking that I've never been able to forget that song over like however many years, like 10, 11, 
Yeah, but the song's a banger. Fifteen, I reckon. Song's is. a banger. It is. It's a. Yeah, I think the song's fourteen years old or something. It's like one that. of the best written songs. Yeah, it's amazing. Bill Hanseroth. Hanseroth. Yep, that's yeah, right. So, so which good. was her? We looked this up recently. Her, good her guitarist. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But Brandy sings that song very seriously. Well. Like. Yeah, that voice. Remember the time you were meant to meet Brandy Carlisle and <laughs> then COVID happened and again. Blues Fest got cancelled? Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> wonder if you ever get to meet her. <sighs> you know what? They'll probably release her like a date or something where she comes back and, and then they'll put be. the competition back up and I'll be like, what the f-? No, not even that. You probably won't be available for the date that she's <laughs> yeah. yeah, that uh, that'll happen <laughs> for certain. Um, Why do those things happen to me though? Like I've, I, I feel like I've had multiple times where I won a competition and I didn't get what I was promised. <laughs> yeah, that happens. We won't go there. No, we won't. <laughs> but look, I think, look, this episode was just literally an intro to us. You a can, lot of rambling. We apologize, yeah. but I mean, but I think you get the crux of what we're after here and what we're going to be talking about with our guests, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and if you want to come on please reach out. We currently have just our Instagram going, but I will, as we build up more content, uh, have your TikTok, your YouTube in, and uh, you name it, we'll have it. Because <laughs> I'm young and hip and in touch with social media. So hip. Um, so hip you couldn't yeah. walk last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one little antidote for you all. Uh, I am 35. 35? <laughs> Jeez. There you go. That's how old I am that I can't remember my age. And we went to Zach Bryan. We were lucky. We got tickets to Zach Bryan. Um, it took me literally almost three weeks to recover from standing in the rain for the four hours of that night. It was worth it, though. You got a T-shirt out of it, and we got to see him on the big screen. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Megan Hopkins, shout out to you for grabbing me the T-shirt from the merch line. That was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was like was two more days peop- long. Yeah, there was more people in the merch line than there was at the concert. <laughs> Go figure. Um, but anyway, thank you all for listening. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Uh, as I said, hit us up on our social Instagram for the moment. Mm-hmm. We won't bombard you with too much. If you've got anybody you want to hear on the podcast. Yeah, let us know. Put it all in the comment section and we'll, yeah, chase it up. Yeah. And uh, we'll have another episode out for you, hopefully, I reckon, in a month's time. Yeah. We'll look at We'll probably After do one. Tamworth. I reckon, yeah, yeah. Because it's going to be. Yeah, because ain't no one doing anything but Tamworth yep. during that period. But, uh, yeah, thank you all and we'll chat soon. Love you. Bye.